This is day 25 of our daily reading plan. We will be going through Numbers chapters 4 through 8 today. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day, for meeting us in your word and giving us wisdom and peace and hope. I pray, Lord, that through your word we would be sustained. We will not cause the things of this world to get to us but that know that you are in control of all things and nothing is beyond your capability. That we can just trust you with all things and cast all our anxieties on you because you care for us. Please bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron, saying, Take a census of the descendants of Kohath from among the sons of Levi by their families, by their fathers' households, from thirty years and upward, even to fifty years old, all who enter the service to do the work in the tent of meeting. This is the work of the descendants of Kohath in the tent of meeting, concerning the most holy things. When the camp sets out, Aaron and his sons shall go in, and they shall take down the veil of the screen and cover the ark of the testimony with it, and they shall lay a co covering of porpoise skin on it, and shall spread over it a cloth of pure blue, and shall insert its poles. Over the table of the bread of the presence, they shall also spread a cloth of blue, and put it on the dishes, and the pans, and the sacrificial bowls, and the jars for the drink offering and the continual bread shall be on it. They shall spread over them a cloth of scarlet material, and cover the same with the covering of porpoise skin, and they shall insert its poles. Then they shall take a blue cloth and cover the lampstand for the light, along with its lamps and its snuffers, and its trays and all its oil vessels, by which they serve it and they shall put it in all its utensils in a covering of porpoise skin, and shall put it on the carrying bars. Over the golden altar they shall spread a blue cloth and cover it with the covering of porpoise skin, and shall insert its poles, and they shall take all the utensils of service with which they serve in the sanctuary, and put them in a blue cloth and cover them with the porpoise skin and put them on the carrying bars. Then they shall take away the ashes from the altar, and spread a purple cloth over it. They shall also put on it all its utensils by which they serve in connection with it, the firepans, the forks, the shovels, and the basins, all the utensils of the altar, and they shall spread a cover of porpoise skin over it, and insert its poles. When Aaron and his sons have finished covering the holy objects in all the furnishings of the sanctuary, when the camp is set out, after that the sons of Kohath shall come in to carry them, so that they will not touch the holy objects and die. These are the things in the tent of meeting which the sons of Kohath are to carry. The responsibility of Eleazar the son of Aaron the priest is the oil for the light, and the fragrant incense, and the continual grain offering, and the anointing oil. 
the responsibility of all the tabernacle and of all that is in it, with the sanctuary and its furnishings. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron, saying, Do not let the tribe of the families of the Kohathites be cut off from among the Levites, but do this to them, that they may live and not die when they approach the most holy objects. Aaron and his sons shall go in and assign each of them to his work and to his load, but they shall not go in to see the holy objects even for a moment, or they will die. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take a census of the sons of Gershon also, by their fathers' households, by their families, from thirty years and upward to fifty years old. You shall number them. All who enter to perform the service to do the work in the tent of meeting. This is the service of the families of the Gershonites. In serving and in carrying, they shall carry the curtains of the tabernacle and the tent of meeting with its covering and the covering of porpoise skin that is on top of it and the screen for the doorway of the tent of meeting, and the hangings of the court, and the screen for the doorway of the gate of the court, which is around the tabernacle, and the altar, and their cords and all the equipment for their service, and all that is to be done they shall perform. All the service of the sons of the Gershonites, in all their loads and in all their work, shall be performed at the command of Aaron, and his sons, and you shall assign to them as a duty all their loads. This is the service of the families of the sons of the Gershonites in the tent of meeting, and their duties shall be under the direction of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. As for the sons of Merari, you shall number them by their families, by their fathers' households. From thirty years and upward, even to fifty years, you shall number them. Everyone who enters the service do the work of the tent of meeting. Now this is the duty of their loads for all their service in the tent of meeting, the boards of the tabernacle and its bars and its pillars and its sockets, and the pillars around the court and their sockets and their pegs and their cords, with all their equipment and with all their service and you shall assign each man by name the items he is to carry. This is the service of the families of the sons of Merari, according to all their service in the tent of meeting, under the direction of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. So Moses and Aaron and the leaders of the congregation numbered the sons of the Kohathites by their families and by their fathers' households from thirty years and upward, even to fifty years old, everyone to enter the service for work in the tent of meeting. Their numbered men by their families were two thousand seven hundred and fifty. These are the numbered men of the Kohathite families, everyone who was serving in the tent of meeting, whom Moses and Aaron numbered, according to the commandment of the Lord through Moses. The numbered men of the sons of Gershon, by their families and by their fathers' households, from thirty years and upward, even to fifty years old, 
everyone who entered the service for work in the tent of meeting, their numbered men by their families, by their fathers' households, were 2,630. These are the numbered men of the families of the sons of Gershon, everyone who was serving in the tent of meeting, whom Moses and Aaron numbered according to the commandment of the Lord. The numbered men of the families of the sons of Merari by their families, by their fathers' households, from thirty years and upward even to fifty years old, everyone who entered the service for work in the tent of meeting. Their numbered men by their families were three thousand two hundred. These are the numbered men of the families of the sons of Merari, whom Moses and Aaron numbered according to the commandment of the Lord through Moses. All the numbered men of the Levites, whom Moses and Aaron and the leaders of Israel numbered, by their families and by their fathers' households, from thirty years and upward, even to fifty years old, everyone who could enter to do the work of service and the work of carrying in the tent of meeting, their numbered men were 8,580. According to the commandment of the Lord through Moses, they were numbered, everyone by his serving or carrying thus. These were his numbered men, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the sons of Israel that they send away from the camp every leper and everyone having a discharge and everyone who is unclean because of a dead person. You shall send away both male and female. You shall send them outside the camp so that they will not defile their camp where I dwell in their midst. The sons of Israel did so, and sent them outside the camp. Just as the Lord had spoken to Moses, thus the sons of Israel did. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel. When a man or woman commits any of the sins of mankind, acting unfaithfully against the Lord, and that person is guilty, then he shall confess his sins which he has committed, and he shall make restitution in full for his wrong, and add to it one-fifth of it, and give it to him whom he has wronged. But if the man has no relative to whom restitution may be made for the wrong, the restitution which is made for the wrong must go to the Lord, for the priest, besides the ram of atonement, by which atonement is made for him. Also, every contribution pertaining to all the holy gifts of the sons of Israel, which they offer to the priest, shall be his. So every man's holy gifts shall be his. Whatever any man gives to the priest, it becomes his. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel, and say to them, if any man's wife goes astray and is unfaithful to him, and a man has intercourse with her, and it is hidden from the eyes of her husband, and she is undetected, although she has defiled herself, and there is no witness against her, and she has not been caught in the act, 
If a spirit of jealousy comes over him, and he is jealous of his wife when she has defiled herself, or if a spirit of jealousy comes over him, and he is jealous of his wife when she has not defiled herself, the man shall then bring his wife to the priest, and shall bring as an offering for her one-tenth of an ephah of barley meal. He shall not pour oil on it, nor put frankincense on it, for it is a grain offering of jealousy, a grain offering of memorial, a reminder of iniquity. Then the priest shall bring her near and have her stand before the Lord, and the priest shall take holy water in an earthenware vessel, and he shall take some of the dust that is on the floor of the tabernacle and put it into the water. The priest shall then have the woman stand before the Lord and let the hair of the woman's head go loose and place the grain offering of memorial in her hands, which is the grain offering of jealousy. And in the hands of the priest is to be the water of bitterness that brings a curse. The priest shall have her take an oath and shall say to the woman, if no man has lain with you, or if you have not gone astray into uncleanness, being under the authority of your husband, be immune to this water of bitterness that brings a curse. If you, however, have gone astray, being under the authority of your husband, and if you have defiled yourself and a man other than your husband has had intercourse with you, then the priest shall have the woman swear with the oath of the curse. And the priest shall say to the woman, The Lord make you a curse and an oath among your people, by the Lord's making your thigh waste away and your abdomen swell. And this water that brings a curse shall go into your stomach and make your abdomen swell and make your thigh waste away. And the woman shall say, Amen, Amen. The priest shall then write these curses on a scroll, and he shall wash them off into the water of bitterness. Then he shall make the woman drink the water of bitterness that brings a curse, so that the water which brings a curse will go into her and cause bitterness. The priest shall take the grain offering of jealousy from the woman's hand, and he shall wave the grain offering before the Lord and bring it to the altar. And the priest shall take a handful of the grain offering as its memorial offering and offer it up in smoke on the altar. And afterward, he shall make the woman drink the water. When he has made her drink the water, then it shall come about if she has defiled herself and has been unfaithful to her husband that the water which brings a curse will go into her and cause bitterness, and her abdomen will swell, and her thigh will waste away, and the woman will become a curse among her people. But if the woman has not defiled herself and is clean, she will then be free and conceive children. This is the law of jealousy. When a wife, being under the authority of her husband, goes astray and defiles herself, or when a spirit of jealousy comes over a man and he is jealous of his wife, 
He shall then make the woman stand before the Lord, and the priest shall apply all his law to her. Moreover, the man will be free from guilt, but that woman shall bear her guilt. Again the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel, and say to them, When a man or woman makes a special vow, the vow of a Nazarite, to dedicate himself to the Lord, he shall abstain from wine and strong drink. He shall drink no vinegar, whether made from wine or strong drink, nor shall he drink any grape juice, nor eat fresh or dried grapes. All the days of his separation he shall not eat anything that is produced by the grapevine, from the seeds even to the skin. All the days of his vow of separation no razor shall pass over his head. He shall be holy until the days are fulfilled for which he separated himself to the Lord. He shall let the locks of hair on his head grow long. All the days of his separation to the Lord, he shall not go near to a dead person. He shall not make himself unclean for his father or for his mother, for his brother or for his sister, when they die, because his separation to God is on his head. All the days of his separation, he is holy to the Lord. But if a man dies very suddenly besides him, and he defiles his dedicated head of hair, then he shall shave his head on the day when he becomes clean. He shall shave it on the seventh day. Then on the eighth day he shall bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons to the priest, to the doorway of the tent of meeting. The priest shall offer one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering and make atonement for him concerning his sin because of a dead person. And that same day he shall consecrate his head, and shall dedicate to the Lord his days as a Nazarite, and shall bring a male lamb a year old for a guilt offering. But the former days will be void, because his separation was defiled. Now this is the law of the Nazarite, when the days of his separation are fulfilled, he shall bring the offering to the doorway of the tent of meeting. He shall present his offering to the Lord, one male lamb a year old, without defect, for a burnt offering, and one ewe lamb a year old, without defect, for a sin offering, and one ram without defect, for a peace offering and a basket of unleavened cakes of fine flour mixed with oil, and unleavened wafers spread with oil, along with their grain offering and their drink offering. Then the priest shall present them before the Lord, and shall offer his sin offering and his burnt offering. He shall also offer the ram for a sacrifice of peace offerings to the Lord, together with the basket of unleavened cakes. The priest shall likewise offer its grain offering and its drink offering. The Nazarite shall then shave his dedicated head of hair at the doorway of the tent of meeting, and take the dedicated hair of his head and put it on the fire, which is under the sacrifice of peace offerings. The priest shall take the ram's shoulder 
when it has been boiled, and one unleavened cake out of the basket, and one unleavened wafer, and shall put them on the hands of the Nazarite after he has shaved his dedicated hair. Then the priest shall wave them for a wave offering before the Lord. It is holy for the priest, together with the breast offered by waving and the thigh offered by lifting up. And afterward, the Nazarite may drink wine. This is the law of the Nazarite, who vows his offering to the Lord according to his separation, in addition to what else he can afford, according to his vow which he takes, so that he shall do according to the law of his separation. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. So they shall invoke my name on the sons of Israel, and I then will bless them. Now on the day that Moses had finished setting up the tabernacle, he anointed it and consecrated it with all its furnishings and the altar and all its utensils. He anointed them and consecrated them also. Then the leaders of Israel, the heads of their fathers' households, made an offering. They were the leaders of the tribes. They were the ones who were over the numbered men. When they brought their offering before the Lord, six covered carts and twelve oxen, a cart for every two of the leaders and an ox for each one, then they presented them before the tabernacle. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Accept these things from them, that they may be used in the service of the tent of meeting, and you shall give them to the Levites, to each man according to his service. So Moses took the carts and the oxen and gave them to the Levites. Two carts and four oxen he gave to the sons of Gershon, according to their service. And four carts and eight oxen he gave to the sons of Merari, according to their service, under the direction of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. But he did not give any to the sons of Kohath, because theirs was the service of the holy objects, which they carried on their shoulder. The leaders offered the dedication offering to the altar when it was anointed, so the leaders offered their offering before the altar. Then the Lord said to Moses, Let them present their offering, one leader each day, for the dedication of the altar. Now the one who presented his offering on the first day was Nashan, the son of Amminadab, of the tribe of Judah. And his offering was one silver dish whose weight was 130 shekels one silver bowl of seventy shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one gold pan of ten shekels, full of incense, one bull, one ram, one male lamb, one year old, for a burnt offering, 
one male goat for a sin offering. And for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, five male lambs, one year old. This was the offering of Nashan, the son of Amminadab. On the second day, Nethanel, the son of Zuar, leader of Issachar, presented an offering. He presented as his offering one silver dish whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one bowl, one ram, one male lamb, one year old, for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, five male lambs, one year old. This was the offering of Nethanel, the son of Zuar. On the third day, it was Eliab, the son of Helan, leader of the sons of Zebulun. His offering was one silver dish whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, one male lamb one year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, five male lambs, one year old. This was the offering of Eliab, the son of Helan. On the fourth day it was Eliezer, the son of Shadur, leader of the sons of Reuben. His offering was one silver dish whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one bull, one ram, one male lamb, one year old, for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, five male lambs, one year old. This was the offering of Eleazar, the son of Shadur. On the fifth day, it was Shelemiel, the son of Zerishaddai, leader of the children of Simeon. His offering was one silver dish whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one gold pan of ten shekels full of incense, one bull, one ram, one male lamb, one year old, for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, five male lambs, one year old. This was the offering of Shelemiel, the son of Jerusadai. On the sixth day, it was 
Eliasaph, the son of Duel, leader of the sons of Gad. His offering was one silver dish whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one bull, one ram, one male lamb, one year old, for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, five male lambs, one year old. This was the offering of Eliasaph, the son of Duel. On the seventh day, it was Elishama, the son of Amihud, leader of the sons of Ephraim. His offering was one silver dish whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one gold pan of ten shekels full of incense, one bull, one ram, one male lamb, one year old, for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, five male lambs, one year old. This was the offering of Elishama, the son of Amihud. On the eighth day, it was Gamaliel, the son of Pedajur, leader of the sons of Manasseh. His offering was one silver dish whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one bowl one ram, one male lamb, one year old, for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, five male lambs, one year old. This was the offering of Gamaliel, the son of Pedajur. On the ninth day it was Abidan, the son of Gideoni, leader of the sons of Benjamin. His offering was one silver dish whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one bull, one ram, one male lamb, one year old, for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, five male lambs, one year old. This was the offering of Abidan, the son of Gideoni. On the tenth day, it was Ahiazer, the son of Amishadai, leaders of the sons of Dan. His offering was one silver dish whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, 
one gold pan of ten shekels full of incense, one bull, one ram, one male lamb, one year old, for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, five male lambs, one year old. This was the offering of Ahiazer, the son of Amishadai. On the eleventh day it was Pagiel, the son of Ochran, leader of the sons of Asher. His offering was one silver dish whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one bull, one ram, one male lamb, one year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, five male lambs, one year old. This was the offering of Pagiel, the son of Ochran. On the twelfth day, it was Ahira, the son of Enan, leaders of the sons of Naphtali. His offering was one silver dish whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one bowl, one ram, one male lamb, one year old, for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, five male lambs, one year old. This was the offering of Ahira, the son of Enan. This was the dedication offering for the altar for the leaders of Israel when it was anointed. Twelve silver dishes, twelve silver bowls, twelve gold pans, each silver dish weighing 130 shekels and each bowl 70. All the silver of the utensils was 2,400 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary. The twelve gold pans full of incense, weighing ten shekels apiece. According to the shekel of the sanctuary, all the gold of the pans, 120 shekels. All the oxen for the burnt offering, twelve bulls. All the rams, twelve. The male lambs one year old with their grain offering, twelve. And the male goats for a sin offering, twelve. And all the oxen for the sacrifice of peace offerings, twenty-four bulls. All the rams, sixty. The male goats, sixty. The male lambs one year old, sixty. This was the dedication offering for the altar after it was anointed. Now when Moses went into the tent of meeting to speak with him, he heard the voice speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the ark of the testimony, from between the two cherubim, so he spoke to him. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron, and say to him, When you mount the lamps, 
the seven lamps will give light in the front of the lampstand. Aaron therefore did so. He mounted its lamps at the front of the lampstand, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Now this was the worksmanship of the lampstand, hammered work of gold. From its base to its flowers it was hammered work. According to the pattern which the Lord had shown Moses, so he made the lampstand. Again the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the Levites from among the sons of Israel and cleanse them. Thus you shall do to them, for their cleansing sprinkle purifying water on them. And let them use a razor over their whole body and wash their clothes, and they will be clean. Then let them take a bull with its grain offering, fine flour mixed with oil, and a second bull you shall take for a sin offering. So you shall present the Levites before the tent of meeting. You shall also assemble the whole congregation of the sons of Israel and present the Levites before the Lord. And the sons of Israel shall lay their hands on the Levites. Aaron then shall present the Levites before the Lord as a wave offering from the sons of Israel, that they may qualify to perform the service of the Lord. Now the Levites shall lay their hands on the heads of the bulls, then offer the one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering to the Lord, to make atonement for the Levites. You shall have the Levites stand before Aaron and before his sons, so as to present them as a wave offering to the Lord. Thus you shall separate the Levites from among the sons of Israel, and the Levites shall be mine. Then after that, the Levites may go up to serve in the tent of meeting. But you shall cleanse them and present them as a wave offering, for they are wholly given to me from among the sons of Israel. I have taken them for myself, instead of every firstborn of the womb, the firstborn of all the sons of Israel. For every firstborn among the sons of Israel is mine, among the men and among the animals, on the day that I struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I sanctified them for myself. But I have taken the Levites instead of every firstborn among the sons of Israel. I have given the Levites as a gift to Aaron and to his sons from among the sons of Israel, to perform the service of the sons of Israel at the tent of meeting, and to make atonement on behalf of the sons of Israel, so that there will be no plague among the sons of Israel by their coming near to the sanctuary. Thus did Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the sons of Israel to the Levites, according to all that the Lord had commanded Moses concerning the Levites, so the sons of Israel did to them. The Levites, too, purified themselves from sin and washed their clothes. And Aaron presented them as a wave offering before the Lord. Aaron also made atonement for them to cleanse them. Then after that, the Levites went in to perform their service in the tent of meeting before Aaron and before his sons, just as the Lord had commanded Moses concerning the Levites, so they did to them.
Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, This is what applies to the Levites. From twenty-five years old and upward, they shall enter to perform service in the work of the tent of meeting. But at the age of fifty years, they shall retire from service in the work, and not work any more. They may, however, assist their brothers in the tent of meeting to keep an obligation, but they themselves shall do no work. Thus you shall deal with the Levites concerning their obligations. For today, we looked at, first they did a census of all the people of Israel, right? And then they did a census of the children of Levi. You know, you know Levi, the son of Jacob, had three sons, right? Kohath, Merari, and Gershon. And so they were divided up based off of there's the census done on them, and then that they were their responsibilities were divvied up for different areas of the tabernacle. And then we have a census of Levites yet again for again different responsibilities that each family is going to have. And if you notice, keep this in mind when it talks about how they carry everything. They don't look at it, right? Especially the Ark of the Covenant. They don't look at it. And they carry everything either covered or by its poles or both. Okay? Because that's going to come up later where they're not carrying this with the poles and things are going to happen. So just remember that. Now you'll notice that especially in chapter 4, the census involved people who were starting at 30 years old they could be in service at the temple, at the tabernacle, up until the age of 50 when they retire. That says age of 30, but then later we read that it says the age of 25. So is that a contradiction? No. Uh, most likely it was five years of like an apprenticeship, you know, a mentorship uh, until you were seen to be of age to handle it on your own. As we know from reading this, it was very meticulous work that was put into this. It required a lot of regulations, a lot of structure, making sure that there were no errors made. So it had to be done very carefully. And so obviously that would take time to master. So it makes a whole lot of sense that it would be a five-year apprenticeship under a more senior Levite. I can see. And then we see um, how they are separated by from being defiled by different things, which is very similar to the stuff that we've already talked about. And then uh, with a very interesting understanding of how, do you t how God determines if somebody really is an adulteress or not, either vindicate themselves or their guilt will be weighed upon them. And the Lord handles that in a very unusual way. It denotes some sort of uh, physical barrenness, some sort of sterility issue um, in, in, in doing this part of this curse that they're required to do. Very interesting. He, God did this because he did not want people to be jealous over each other or suspicious of each other because they did not want the family unit 
to be corrupted. And that is something that is under attack in, in America today. The family unit is under attack over the same thing, suspicion and jealousy. A lot of people are cheating on each other, and there's a lot of lies going on, so it only goes to show God knew what he was doing. Then we go into chapter 6, which talks about the Nazarite vow. Very interesting thing. They can't have any alcohol, especially anything to do with grapes, right? Um, they can't go anything dead, near anything dead, and they cannot cut their hair. So you can imagine what kind of hairstyle they had, you know, and, and how big their beards were. But there's two people in the Bible that come to mind that kept a Nazarite vow. One being Samson, probably the most famous one would be Samson. He was born in a Nazarite vow, and he was made holy by the Lord before his birth. He was already set aside by God for a special purpose. So that's one of the more familiar ones for the Nazarite vow. And then secondly is Paul himself, the Apostle Paul. At one point it says that he concluded a Nazarite vow. So these are the two most famous examples that come to mind. And then we have the blessing of Aaron, which in fact is not, even though we attribute it to Aaron himself, it was not from him. It was from the Lord. The Lord instilled this blessing into Aaron himself. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, which means that his face will be happy towards you. He'll be, it'll be a positive countenance in your, in your sight. And be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Lifting up his countenance, meaning that he, you know, looks at you with approval, you know, and satisfaction. And then, of course, peace. We know what peace is, you know, total well-being and no threats coming to you. It's a beautiful picture to see. Then we have the offerings of each of the leaders of the Israelites. And then we have the setting apart of the Levites, which I thought was very interesting because it mentions language in here that was akin to Jesus Christ. Because it says, um, beginning in, in one of the earlier chapters, but it, it includes the thought here, when God brought them out of Egypt and he was going to do the plague on the firstborn, and they were able to do the Passover tradition in order to uh, spare their firstborns. So the firstborn at that point became sanctified to the Lord. He claimed them for himself because he saved their lives, both the livestock and the people. And so, but he didn't cause them to be sacrificed, but it says instead he takes the Levites as a substitutionary sacrifice of satisfaction to the Lord. That's what Jesus does. He is the acceptable substitute for us, which in the church world that's called propitiation. It is a, an acceptable substitute. And that's what he was for us on the cross, dying for our sins. But in addition to that, it also talks about how the Levites are a ransom. 
for the firstborn of the people of Israel. They were the paid ransom. So a ransom is where there's a debt that is expected and demanded from somebody, right? If say, if you kidnap somebody and you demand a ransom, you demand compensation of and commanding it towards someone. And it uses that same language that Jesus Christ is our ransom. He's the one who cleared our debt of sin. He is the one that wiped the slate clean on our behalf. Past, present, and future sins for all time. If we believe in him. That's the most important thing. It doesn't mean anything to you unless you are born again in Christ. Then his ransom is means something to you. Otherwise, it is in vain because you don't believe. Right? So, this is pointing towards Christ as well. That God was sanctified. He sanctifies us, right? He causes us to be holy, right? He is the ransom for us. He is set apart, just like we as Christians are set apart. So you see a lot of parallels between Christianity and its truth, as well as the foreshadowings that we see here in the Hebrew law. So very interesting. There is There are ties here that we have to keep in mind. Thank you for listening. My name is Ryan. Thank you for joining me today, and I will see you next time. Take care, and God bless.